Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Is Tuttyville open for business? Mike Esposito on Sports Radio 670, the score. Snap, play fake, Foles going to lob it into the left side of the end zone. Diving catch, touchdown, Allen Robinson, touchdown Bears. Oh, now we got a fight. They, they are going at it. Wims and Gardner wow. Johnson exchange blows, and Wims wound up and punched him flat out. I thought they were joking, but... And now there's a big pile up and a fight underway. Right in front of the Bears bench, Javon Wims. I, I think when the flag came out, they caught Wims. He's bouncing around as though he's going to, that, that the flag's going to be on the Saints. I'm not so sure. Right in front of the Bears bench, Javon Wims retaliated. That's not going to end well. Matt, can you tell us what you saw on the, on the Wims fight? I did not see it. I totally missed it. I was looking down when I heard about it. Is that like what I've been saying for three years about Matt Nagy? I mean, I, I didn't see it. I was like, of course you were looking at your play sheet like seriously you're the and, and then these people are giving me because he'd be a better head coach he doesn't even know how to be a head coach they're gonna go for it here to end the ball game with a minute 40 remaining in a 35 yard drop good snap good hold ball game saints win it in overtime 26 23 mike esposito Who the hell is he? on 670 the score hey espo google it <laughs> And good morning, everybody. Mike Esposito right here at Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. Thank you for joining us. Thanks to Jordan Malley, our producer, for putting that uh, little montage together. And yeah, these two teams have played before, but it's playoff time now. Back uh, in week eight, it was a uh, overtime Saints win 26-23. We'll see what happens today. We are here to take you until noon. That is when Habarkish and company will join you with the Bet Rivers pregame show presented by MailMedChicago.com. Hub, Pat, and Olin will have you uh, from noon until 2.45. Then we will have Bulls and Clippers at 2.45. Uh, and then we'll have your Bears postgame. The score is the place to be uh, right after the game ends. Bears postgame for two hours. As soon as the game ends, flip to your uh, flip your radio to 670, uh, and we will have that uh, for you. Uh, Bears post post airs for 90 minutes after that, so we will be Bears wall to wall as soon as the game is over. Three one two six four four six seven six seven is our score listener line, powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today, or visit BetQL. Com. We've got a great show planned for you, and we want to talk to you at 312-644-6767 on that BetQL score listener line. That is also the text line, uh, so you can get us either way. The text zone brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. Here's how we're going to break this down. We've had uh, plenty of Bears and Saints stuff to talk about. We have a ton of that stuff. We will talk to... Mark Rohde at 10 o'clock, Bears sideline reporter. Uh, Rod Walker covers the Saints for the New Orleans Advocate. 
Uh, we will talk to him at 11. Uh, Chris Emma from 670thescore.com will join us uh, during the 11 o'clock hour as well at 1120 uh, as we break down Bears and Saints. We will also listen in. Saints legend Deuce McAllister was on with Danny Parkins earlier this week on the Parkins show uh, with uh, Danny and Matt Spiegel. We'll listen in to Deuce at 1040. Some excellent uh, content there from Deuce McAllister. Uh, Marshall Falk uh, was on as well. We will t- uh, listen in to the Hall of Fame running back uh, at 920. And one little detour, but this is a detour that's worth it. Jay Zawoski will join us at 940 to talk about the legacy of Corey Crawford, the Blackhawks goaltender, the former Blackhawks goaltender, if you missed it, announced yesterday that he was retiring from hockey. Uh, A huge part of the Blackhawks and the history they made here in the last 10 or 12 years uh, in Chicago with the Blackhawks as the team uh, turned their fortunes around and won three Stanley Cups. Uh, They certainly would not have won those three without Corey Crawford. So we'll talk to Jay Zawoski at 940 uh, about Crawford and the Blackhawks. So hopefully... uh, That all sounds good to you. We want you to participate in our show here uh, as we broadcast live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Um, We were here last Sunday, uh, and I hope you were listening, and I hope you were enjoying. Uh, We talked a ton of Bears-Packers leading up to the Bears game. We thought uh, that, at least I thought, I will admit, that they had to win to get in. Now, they were able to get in after losing to the pack because Arizona lost. But I want to know from you, the score listener here, how did you view last week's Green Bay game relative to what was at stake? Is this, in other words, is this a team you're confident in or you have some confidence that they can can do it heading into today's game against the Saints? Uh, Las Vegas and and the betters, the betting community, uh, they do not feel the Bears have a chance here. The Saints are a 10-point favorite. Uh, Khalil Mack and the Bears uh, saying that's disrespectful to them, uh, and uh, they're going to come out and prove it. But that is uh, something that we have not seen, certainly out of that defense uh, for the the near future, or for the, the recent past, I should say. Uh, this is a team, though, you think about this, and this is where I think this game turns. Um, the Bears' defense has struggled in recent weeks. You would have thought, and you did think, and earlier in the season, you remember at the beginning of the season when the Bears got off to that uh, quick start and you're looking at it and you're like, well, I don't think they're 5-1 and one good, but they're 5-1 and one and we'll take it. A lot of that was because of the defense. I mean, we, we had the Mitch Trubisky benching. We had the going to Nick Foles. And in fact, the uh, part of that highlights package we listened to coming in You know, it's Nick Foles at quarterback the last time these two teams met. So totally different Bears offense that the Saints will be prepping for. And as far as uh, the the Bears are concerned, I mean, this was a team that I don't want to say they handled Drew Brees, but it was a high scoring game, 26-23 in overtime. Brees only threw for 280. Uh, Alvin Kamara. 67 yards in the ground, 96 yards through the air. He was the alpha guy uh, for the Saints last time. They did not have uh, Emmanuel Sanders or Michael Thomas in that game, but they will have both today. If you missed this bit of news, and not that any of this is surprising, the Saints activated Alvin Kamara from the COVID list. Michael Thomas activated from IR. He has missed nine games this season with an ankle injury, and he has not played in a month, but he is back for the game today. And in my opinion, Michael Thomas is the best receiver in football when healthy. If you if you forget, just look at his uh, ridiculous numbers from previous seasons. I know, uh, you know, there's a recency bias to some of this. And I'm a huge fan of Stephon Diggs. I'm a huge fan of DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Julio Jones, you know, name your stud receiver, right? But Michael Thomas is a guy that uh, is at the top of the list, in my opinion. Uh, He's going to make a huge difference for New Orleans today. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is back, too. He's been back, but last time the Bears played this team, neither of those guys played. So, new-look offense for the Bears as far as the Saints are concerned because Nick Foles was your quarterback last time. Uh, New-look offense for New Orleans as far as personnel is concerned because you have Thomas and Sanders back and you have uh, Alvin Kamara off of that COVID list. 
And he's a huge piece uh, of that puzzle for the New Orleans Saints. 312-644-6767 is our number. Uh, if you'd like to chime in, how do you feel the Bears compete in this game? We saw last week that they came out and they ran the ball. That first drive, I know I was feeling great after it uh, when the Bears marched down and got a touchdown, a 14-play drive, I want to say, off the top of my head. Uh, but lots of David Montgomery, lots of moving the chains, lots of time off the clock. Green Bay then did the exact same thing, unfortunately. And the, the entire first quarter was one drive Chicago, one drive Green Bay. They clearly were trying to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. That only worked for so long um, before Green Bay broke that one open. I'm curious to see how they attack New Orleans this week. And by attack, I mean that in strategy as well, because Drew Brees is not the Drew Brees of 10 years ago or the Drew Brees when he was here last in the NFC Championship game uh, back during the Bears Super Bowl season in uh, January of 2007. That was a game the Bears won. We'll talk a little bit about that, have a little fun with uh, Bears' recent playoff pasts. But Despite, you know, the the uh, arm strength maybe being a little weaker, Drew Brees is a Hall of Famer, you know, first ballot, whatever you want to call it, over 80,000 passing yards in his career. He was drafted. This is Drew Brees. This will be his, or this is his, pardon me, 19th season. If he plays one more, good old number, or good old 20 uh, will happen. And I thought this, we were actually uh, talking about this last night watching the game with Tom Brady playing Washington. I mean, what Tom Brady is doing at almost 44 years of, of age is just absolutely ridiculous. But you watch some of Brady last night, and that's what you're going to get with Breeze as well. Is And actually, you know what? That's what you got with Rodgers too. And that's what makes Rodgers and Brady and Breeze particularly deadly. They are... 100% accurate. I shouldn't say 100%. They are overall extremely accurate. You know, where you, where we might get on Mitch for, for missing a throw by a yard or two or not putting it in the exact right position for the receiver to catch it. Um, that is what you see. We saw a bunch of that with Brady last night. We saw a ton of it with Rodgers last week. I mean, that 72-yard touchdown to MVS on the, uh, on the, bull, uh, the Bears blitz. That ball, I mean, Valdez Scantling did not have to break stride. He did not have to do anything except stick his hands up and catch it. That is why Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer and why the Bears, after four years of Mitch, have a decision to make at quarterback. Because that's what you need. And that's the reason when Ryan Pace traded up to draft Mitch, that's the reason he gave is that, you know, one of the things they loved about Mitch was his accuracy. Well, we have seen that that is not the case. It's it's very come and go. And in the NFL, at the most important position on the team, it can't be a 50-50 proposition. But anyway, I digress with all that. The reason I started talking about that is Drew Brees. But Drew Brees is the, is the quintessential quarterback of, of putting the ball exactly where it needs to be. He is also one of the guys, like Rodgers, he knows where everybody's at, he knows where all of his options are, and he goes through his progressions, he runs the offense, he's extremely intelligent, and he manages that offense. That, to me, is the biggest difficulty that the Bears D will have today is that listen Drew Brees is 42 or whatever years old he is the guy has been in New Orleans for this is his 15th season there he knows the offense like the back of his hand Sean Payton and Brees have this relationship going back all these years in fact I have a stat here um, it's just amazing here, here here it is and you know Bears fans will groan as they're driving down the street here listening to this but since that NFC title game, which uh, was January 21st, 2007, uh, the Bears crushed the Saints that day, 
that was uh, to advance to the Super Bowl to take on the Colts. Uh, but my point being, that was Drew Brees and Sean Payton. That was 14 years ago. The Bears have had 14 starting quarterbacks and four head coaches since then. And the Saints, barring injuries to Drew Brees, have had Drew Brees and Sean Payton. So (laughs) it's been quite a ride for those two in New Orleans, uh, and it's been quite a rocky ride uh, at times for your Chicago Bears uh, with their uh, five, and now this will be playoff appearance number six, uh, of the 2000s. Uh, previously, the Bears had only gotten in as division champs, and uh, what they are uh, now is a wild card team. And this has not happened since the uh, 1994 season when Dave Wanstead was the head coach and the Bears went up to, to Minneapolis, the old uh, hump dome, and beat the Vikings in the wild card game behind Steve Walsh. Uh, back in, I think it was New Year's Day, 1995. Anyway, my point being, this is the Bears' first wild card appearance in 25 years. And we'll see how it works out. As I mentioned, the uh, uh, odds makers do not like the Bears at all in this one. Ten-point uh, favorites. Uh, Matt Nagy says, you know, Mitch is a different Mitch since he came back. He's trustworthy. He trusts him more now than he ever did. And we'll see how this materializes. Uh, A texter from the 232 mentions, and I'm going to get to this too, and this is a fantastic point, is that Roger had three INTs that absolutely. And that is exactly where the Bears need to get to Drew Brees today. I mean, it all ties together with getting pressure on Brees um, and making him uncomfortable back there. But in terms of turnovers... You know, the, the Bears have only 10 interceptions on the whole season and 16 takeaways. If you remember back to 2018, this was a team that lived and thrived because of those turnovers and points off turnovers. Eddie Jackson, and I love Eddie Jackson as a player, got a huge deal in the offseason. This has not been Eddie Jackson's best season. Robert Quinn, free agent signee, got a huge two-year guaranteed deal uh, in the offseason to come with the Bears uh, to be the other, uh, the bookend to Khalil Mack in that pass rush. Robert Quinn is a Pro Bowl player. Robert Quinn has had a bad season. He'd be the first one to tell you that. Khalil Mack, Pro Bowl player. Also, though, you can say that and also say this has not been his best season, right? I mean, he's been good, but he was not 2018 Khalil. So can the Bears defense flip that around and get to Drew Brees today? We'll be talking about that throughout the show today. Lots of fun coming up as we preview Bears and Saints. Again, I mentioned we'll take a quick uh, Corey Crawford interlude at 940 with Jay Zawoski uh, as Crow has retired, um, put out a statement yesterday, tons of love coming from his teammates. We want to talk a little bit about Corey Crawford and his legacy with the Blackhawks with Jay Zawoski at 940. Uh, outside of that, we are 100% Bears and Saints. When we come back, we will listen to Hall of Famer Marshall Falk. Uh, he talked to Danny Parkins earlier this week, Falk on Bears, Saints, uh, and other things. It was a great, uh, fun interview. We'll get to bits of that coming up next. You've got Mike Esposito right here on 670 The Score. I would only enjoy being slimed if we won, and I would be willing to be slimed if we won, whatever that means. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. There's a lot of other teams right now that are trying to figure out their flights home today, and uh, we're not. So I think that that's, a, again, something that we're going to build off of and we're proud of. Bears head coach Matt Nagy is right. The Bears have a chance. They are in the playoffs. They are going up against the Saints with a 340 kick right here. Uh, today, uh, the game in New Orleans, and I'm reminded of one of my favorite movies, Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. Yes, we are, Matt Nagy. We are saying there's a chance that you and the Bears can beat the Saints today. We'll talk about that throughout the show. Also, reminder, 670, the score in Camp One Step have teamed up with Deep Dish Tees to give you a chance to purchase your own score neck gator. They're extremely cool. They're available now for 20 bucks. Online at 670thescore.com slash masks. 
100% of the proceeds, every last penny, will benefit Camp One Step by Children's Oncology Services. To learn more, visit uh, to, more, to learn more about Camp One Step, uh, go to camponestep.org. And the Score Gator, you can see some of them on Twitter. I saw our friend Chris Tannehill uh, wearing his. He had tweeted that out the other day. Uh, they're cool. Uh, we need to wear them, so you may as well uh, head on and uh, and get one at 670thescore.com slash masks. As we break down the Bears and the Saints earlier this week, Hall of Fame running back Marshall Falk joined the Danny Parkins afternoon show. From 1999 to 2001, St. Louis was the center of the football universe thanks to an explosive offense that revolutionized the NFL. This place is going crazy! Initially called the greatest show on earth, their nickname morphed a few weeks later when ESPN anchor Chris Berman called them the greatest show on turf. The St. Louis Rams, they have gone from dreadful to dominant seemingly overnight. Running through the pack like Marshall Falk. Give the ball to number 28, Marshall Falk, hand it to him, throw it to him. It's tough going from the projects to the penthouse. Just a couple of lessons that I've learned throughout my journey. My first piece of advice, to live life, don't let life live you. And Warner looking for Falk. Next, my father told me this. If you ever traveled on the road and no speed bumps, you're headed for a dead end. Life's a challenge. Mike Jones made the tackle, and the Rams have won the Super Bowl. God gave me talent. Football gave me an opportunity. I made the commitment. Thank you all. The Danny Parkins Show on 670 The Score. Thrilled to be joined by our next guest on behalf of Bet Online. The man who earlier in the show, Olin Krutz, called the most versatile back in the history of professional football. With Matt Spiegelin on the Danny Parkin Show, Marshall Falk joins us on the Alphamonte Nissan Hotline, Alphamonte Nissan in Melrose Park. Marshall, thank you so much for the time. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're, thank you, Marshall. We're doing very well. And, you know, um, earlier in the week, thought you were just the perfect person to have on to talk to Bears fans this week because I think that they're going up against on Sunday. It looks like Alvin Kamara is going to play the most versatile running back in the NFL today in terms of a runner and a receiver, which is certainly what you were in your time. So I'm wondering what gave you problems? Not much did based on your production, but like when defenses did what? were they able to slow you down effectively? You know, that's, that's, that's a great question. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, it was never the defense. It was maybe my offensive line weren't, weren't playing, uh, you know, on that string, playing together, or, or maybe the coach. You know, sometimes the coach, they get in pass happy and they don't, they don't give you enough touches um, or they decide to use you in a different way. And those are the things that kind of get you out. Outside things don't really bother you. And if you watch Alvin Kamara, outside things don't bother him. When they hand him the ball, guess what? He, he runs with it. They throw it to him, he, get, he gets out of the positive yards. The only thing that stops him is when they don't go to him. Well, that's not great for the Bears' chances of slowing him down, I'll be honest with you. That's not that encouraging because the Bears also are going to be without Roquan Smith potentially. He's listed as questionable, but he hasn't practiced all week. But you're saying, like, that doesn't matter, like whether he's there or not. That doesn't matter for Alvin Kamara. No, nah, that doesn't matter. And I'm, I'm gonna tell you what, what, what really, and not just me, but as an offensive unit, when you have an offense that's high power, even like the Saints, the more points your offense scores, it puts them in a position to have to score. Now we like scoring, offenses that score, we like scoring. But when the other team offenses are scoring, you, and you feel like you have to keep up. Those type of things start to start to creep in, especially when it's a team that you know um, we're not used to them scoring that much. Um, if this offense can come out and sustain some drives, I'm talking about you know 10, 12 play drives, score and, and not kick field. You can't kick field goals against them. You, you have to score touchdowns. You know, 
it, it, it plays a little. It plays out a little different. I promise you, it plays out a little different. And Marshall, when you knew that an opposing team's linebacker linebacker was was either out or weak, like there was, did you ever attack a certain spot? Like if you were going out there to go put yourself in the flat, did you ever move towards? You know, knowing a guy was was not there or was hurt, and you were probably going to have an advantage even more so than than normal. Um, I, if, if there was a young guy in, uh, I studied him. I just wanted to make sure that um, that his assignment and his alignment was his most important thing, or did he just want to hit Marshall Falk? <laughs> so, you know, you got to try to bait him in. You got to you, you got to take advantage of the youth. And in a game of this magnitude, youth can it, – it'll get you in trouble. So, so yes, you try to take advantage of it. An older guy, you want to, you want, you want to overload him. A younger guy, you want to bait him in. And, and you, you, but you can't get caught up in that game and not play your game. We're talking to the Hall of Famer, Marshall Falk, here on the score on behalf of Bet Online. Is my comp valid? Like, do you see yourself in Alvin Kamara? Oh yes, I see a lot of my game in him. Um, he uh, obviously he's taking it, and I say this because they're supposed to. These guys they're supposed to take it to another level. You're supposed to take it beyond where I took it because I already pushed the envelope, and and I believe that that they are, and and I say they because I believe there's a lot of backs that's that's trying to become this back. The two that we most watch, Kamara and McCaffrey, are the two that 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 really. You know, they, they play the part well. But I'm just saying, he uh, it, it, he's special, man. And, and, and I think that Sean Payton does a really good job at putting him in positions for him to be successful. What are those positions? Like, in your, when, you, when you see what the Saints do with him, when are, like, when are the times or the plays or the situations, whatever it may be, where you're not in your head like, yep, that's using him correctly? Yeah, so – so, so, so what they do is they try to, they try to get you isolated. They try to isolate to where you can't you can't take a defensive end and, and, and put him on and take a defensive end and ship him so he can help out the linebacker or try to widen him so he can help out the linebacker when they're showing obvious man. Teams like to do that, and then this is with Sean. What, what I've noticed that he, he when they play teams when they play teams that decide, you know what, the heck with it. I'm going to put a, a – we're putting our nickel back in here. They, they, put him, they put him in the queue and they run the ball. It's like that nickel back can't, cannot hold up like a linebacker. So, so they do different things. Those little things make it tough for a defense, for a defensive coordinator to call plays and to defend things. It's like, oh, okay, so when they get in this set, and they bring out these these people. They normally throw the ball to him, but they're willing to line up and run it down our throats. Oh man, what are we gonna do here? Hey, hey, hey Marshall, what would what would your guys, what would the greatest show on turf be doing right now in this NFL with the way that the rules now benefit offense and and, and the way that the game is is officiated? Um, it, do you you think you guys would be even more explosive today? I mean, I mean, I don't want to speculate, but 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 our team. In, in today's league, I mean, we we be a, a a better version of of uh, of Kansas City and what they look like. A better version of Kansas. They look pretty good. They look pretty good, Marshall. But you guys would be better. I'm just saying. You you asked me a question. I'm just telling you. We 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 be a better version of Kansas City. Love it. Okay. Love it. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't. Can't I argue. Mean, I. I, I, I could argue because, like, you know, <laughs> Kurt was amazing. I don't know that he was quite Pat Mahomes, but, I mean, who am I to argue with Marshall Falk? Like, no disrespect, but, like. Well, it, it, it's not like Kareem Hunt or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire could hold a candle well, to Marshall well, Falk. That's, that's true. Well, here, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I, I, this, is, this is when you guys when, when you guys start doing this. And, and I've heard, you know, because, you know, I do, I do a bunch of these. I, I always remind people of this. Just remember this. There's not a question. If Kurt Warner could have played in this league, the question is: Could Pat Mahomes have played when Kurt played? When quarterbacks actually got hit? Different question. Mm. We know Kurt can play in this league. Do you do you doubt that Mahomes could have played in your time? Oh, I'm not saying I'm not doubting if he could play. The okay. question is: 
could he have played and endured what the Kurt Warners stood and took, the Ben Roethlisberger's? I'm just telling you, because those guys, they, they, they're still, Tom Brady's still looking like he's 35 out there right now. It is certainly an easier league uh, to play in. We're talking to Marshall Falk here on behalf of BetOnline.net. You're from New Orleans, and I was reading, is this right? You you sold popcorn at Saints games in the Superdome growing up? Is that true? Yep. True story. So how do you true end story. up? So first of, all, first of all, what was that like? Like, was that influential on you? Um, no, that's how, I mean, I couldn't afford a ticket, so. That's how I got in the stadium, made a little money, and then watched a little football. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, being being around professional football in that way, I was wondering if that had any impact on your love of the game in any way. I, I don't know. I don't know because at that point in time, I wasn't – I was just a fan. Like, I was a football fan. I'm, I'm, I am a football fan. It wasn't about – and I, I'm being honest with you. It wasn't about me, me more or less playing. I just enjoyed football, and I was like, this is the closest I can get to a game. And you got to remember, we didn't have that many fans at the time. We were the eighth. Like, people had bags on their heads and stuff like that. Right. Fans wasn't full. So, there wasn't many, wasn't many concessions being sold. So, so, yeah, you had plenty of time to watch the game instead of selling the popcorn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so how do you, how do you like, not go to LSU? Like, how, yeah. how, do, how does Marshall Falk get out of Louisiana to go to San Diego State when you're this all-time player in this great football state? You know? Every once in a while, people that evaluate talent, they mess up. I'm sure you guys are familiar with that. Um, <laughs> yes, we are. We know nothing about that as Bears fans, Marshall. Yeah, we have no, no we idea dra- what you're talking about. Drafted Mitch Trubisky in this town, right. but go ahead, yes. Right. Um, and, the, you know, people saw me as a defensive back, and that's all they saw me as. They didn't take the time to watch me as a runner because I played receiver, quarterback, running back on offense. And I was a return guy. They, they just didn't. They didn't take the time. So all of those experts, recruiters, and stuff like that, you know, they they, they felt that I was better at playing defense and back. But I knew what I wanted to play. And lo and behold, after the whole fiasco with me going to San Diego State and you know going to the NFL, this position called athlete was created because if you play multiple positions, you often got knocked. They didn't know where to play you. So guys that play quarterback wouldn't want to play any other position because they didn't want teams to look at them different. See, that's interesting. So, so me, do you, do you, go ahead. Sorry, Marshall. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. So, so do you consider yourself like, like the first or, or, or one of the first of guys like, you know, whether it's Percy Harvin or, you know, all, all these different guys who just kind of didn't have a position end up getting used all over the all over the field. We've got Cordero Patterson who gets used all over the field in this town now. Well, there's a, there's a difference in, in getting used and um, how do I say this? And, you know, like I play different positions because my team needed me to. Mm-hmm. Um, the position I played wasn't a problem for me. Like I don't, I don't know what Cordero's or Percy, but but I, I don't, I didn't see them master the art of receiver and then move around. So I'm, I'm like I'm talking about something totally different. You know, it's 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 the willingness of um, uh, people never paid attention to Troy Brown. You know, Troy Brown was a slot receiver, played DB. Like what? Return punts and kicks. Belichick lined the man up on defense. It's certainly it's certainly a different game in terms of people using it, and like you said, the the athlete position. Um, Olin Krutz said that you were the best all around running back that had ever played, and a lot of Bears fans heard that and was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! What about our guy Walter Payton? How do you regard yourself in that category among the all time greats? Um, I think Walter was a guy who 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 played all around, but he didn't play it. My bad. The game hadn't evolved to where a running back, a running back lining up at receiver was accepted. Um, the game handicapped his ability to show his talent. Could he have been? Could he have? Most definitely, without a doubt. But we would be speculating because in the passing game, he didn't play the same role that I played in the passing game. Evolving and creating mismatches and the things that we did lining up as either split in, flanker, slot, tight end, and knowing the offense and running everything and having it ran as smoothly 
as the person who, whom position it is or was. So um, do I consider myself the best to, to do it? you damn right I do. <laughs> was there guys who did it? Yeah. Oh, my, yeah. I mean, Thurman Thomas did it. Ronnie Herman did it. Roger Craig did it. Um, uh, my, my, my guy over in uh, – I can't believe I'm, I'm drawing the blank on his name because I watch more film on him than anybody else. And there's Larry Sinners get it. Larry you know, Sinners. I mean, these 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 guys. I mean, they 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 caught the football, and 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 dispel the notion of running backs not being able to catch the ball. But yeah, you've got to love that you are the only guy in NFL history with twelve thousand or more rushing yards and six thousand or more receiving yards. You are one of one, Marshall Falk. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see how long that lasts with today's game and how things are going. I'm gonna have some company. Maybe. It's possible. It's you know, possible. The, the, I'm hoping I do. I mean, because you, you want company because when you get company, then it brings attention to the actual seat. Love listening to Marshall Falk, uh, the Hall of Famer, on earlier this week uh, on the Parkin Show with, uh, with Danny and Speaks. Uh, we will continue to break down Bears Saints uh, and uh, talk about the NFL playoffs at 10 o'clock. Mark Rohde will join us. But coming up next, I mentioned a brief detour. It is that time now. Uh, we will do this uh, uh, moments from now after the break. Jay Zawoski will join us to talk about the legacy of now-retired Blackhawks goalie Corey Crawford. That's coming up next right here on 670 The Score. Go Bears! This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. We're going to party. Party. (laughs) The boys are going to party tonight. Always enjoyed the post-Stanley Cup championship rallies and comments and uh, all of the various... uh, media appearances by the Blackhawks. That music means we're going to talk Blackhawks. Uh, For this segment, I mentioned before the break, uh, Corey Crawford yesterday announced his retirement. Uh, He had signed with New Jersey but never played a game with the Devils, so he's time Blackhawker. And uh, to talk about the legacy uh, of our friend Corey Crawford, let's head out to the Alpamani Nissan Hotline. Alpamani Nissan is in Melrose Park on North Avenue. You could also visit apnissan.com. Uh, we find our colleague and friend Jay Zawoski joins us. Hey, Jay, good morning. Hey, good morning, Espo. How's it going? It's going good. Thanks, my friend, for joining us. And uh, a bittersweet day, I know, for, for you and for hockey fans uh, across town here as uh, Corey Crawford, certainly a, a beloved uh, Blackhawk. And, you know, it looked like he was going to continue on outside of Chicago, but um, – you know, for ve- for vague reasons, although we can surmise, uh, you know, health probably a, a bit of it, uh, Corey Crawford decided to hang him up yesterday. Yeah, and it is uh, it's always dangerous to speculate on what these things could be. And I found it interesting in his statement that he said he thought he could still play, um, but decided to not. Um, but mm-hmm. we know his history; he's been through a bunch of concussions, uh, and I think there's probably some factor to it of, you know, the shock of not playing with the Blackhawks. You know, that, yep. that whole thing that he probably expected to get done, then it falls through, and then he suddenly very quickly signed with the New Jersey Devils. And I think a lot of people, when we're thinking, like, all right, what makes sense for Corey Crawford? New Jersey wasn't one of the places that, that really popped up. I think his mm-hmm. wife is from that area. So did that very quickly, then went reported to camp. And I think, you know, maybe the realization of, you know what, like, to restart this whole thing, to do this all. And again, this is me speculating Starting with a new team, is this really what I want to do at this point in my career? And maybe after some long considerations, long conversations, uh, he decided the best thing to do was to just step away. Yeah, yeah, and you know what I mean. And listen, this is as you 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 said it, and I will say it. This is us just speculating and bouncing things off, and and really uh, talking about Crow and what he meant to the Blackhawks. But after all the health issues he had, the guy made a, a nice chunk of money uh, over his career. You have to imagine that after the concussions, and I know he was dealing with COVID, and he's got young children, and uh, the the whole leaving of the Blackhawks thing. I got to imagine it's a, a bit of all of that, but um, we'll find out. Maybe uh, down the road we will hear from Corey Crawford. But considering now, and I don't know the technicality, so he never really played with New Jersey. So does that make him a lifetime Blackhawk? I think it does, doesn't it? I think uh, I, I mean, in my eyes, it does, right? If you never play sure. another, if you never play a shift for another team, it makes you a lifetime Blackhawk. And I, I don't know if that really even 
uh, matters because I still think when it's all said and done, he's going to be remembered as one of the best Blackhawks goalies ever, and he should be. And it's kind of a shame that for a lot of this town, it took Corey Crawford leaving for them to realize how important he was to the team. And I think the other thing that illustrated his importance is after they got good, people started to realize... I'm sorry, after they, when they stopped being good, is what I should say, mm-hmm. is when people kind of realize, like, oh, wait a minute. Like, Corey Crawford is not just a product of a really good team in front of him. He's a really, really good goalie. And I think the other part of it was Corey Crawford didn't show up on a lot of highlight reel videos or whatever because he's so sound positionally that he very rarely had to dive on the other side of his crease to make a spectacular above save. He was just so well positioned that he didn't get those flashy sort of headline-making saves that a lot of other goalies do. So there's a lot of reasons why Corey Crawford went underappreciated, but I think finally now, uh, with him gone, and with hockey being gone for a while, people are starting to realize how important Corey Crawford was to the franchise, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but when you look at his place uh, in the meaningful statistic categories, he is one of the best goalies in franchise history and a franchise loaded with really, really good goalies. Yep. Yeah, his his 260 career wins, third most in franchise history, 52 postseason wins, most in franchise mm-hmm. history, multiple Stanley Cups. And I remember, and you, you go back this far too with the with uh, the score um, during the the ascension, and then the first Cup run, and then you know the the years that followed. I mean, it was not a smooth path for Corey Crawford. I mean, Antti Niemi was here, uh, Cristobal Huey was here, Ray Emery was here. It wasn't always, oh, Corey Crawford's our goalie. I mean, he really had to work for that. Yeah, he was always sort of in the background. And I think it took the organization some time to really fully gain trust in him as well. And and that's kind of the benefit of, you know, when you're a good team uh, growing into a dominant team, you have the luxury of developing a guy properly, right? You don't have to rush somebody up. You don't have to get him in the organization sooner than you would have hoped. And that's what they were able to do with Corey Crawford is they really were able to take their time. Don't forget Marty Turco. Don't forget Nikolai Javi Bulin. Like all these guys that the Hawks sure. brought in to sort of bridge that gap from uh, when Crawford was drafted till he was ready. And then Niemi leaves. Crawford steps in. Uh, not right away, but took the reins pretty quickly and, and held it down until basically they traded for uh, until they signed Robin Leonard. Then those two split time. And then when he was gone, Crawford just played every game from there on out. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and, I, you know, you mentioned a lot of the categories he leads in. When you look at some of the individual stats, too, save percentage, he's second only to Scott Darling in franchise history. And Scott Darling, when you look at the sample size, Crawford played way more games than Scott Darling did. Goals against average, he's third behind Charlie Gardner, who played in the era of, you know, they were using a ball of twine and, Popsicle sticks there. <laughs> right. and again, Scott Darling, but there's Corey Crawford, number three. Uh, so he's the, so the things that are, you know, the counting stats are one thing wins, playoff wins. Those can all be assigned to being on really good teams. But even when you dig into the individual goalie numbers, he's right there at the top. And I, you know, when this was announced, I was in the car with my wife and we were discussing, you know, it feels like that's a number that should probably be retired. Um, just based on everything he's accomplished. And when you compare yeah. it to what the other goalies with their names up there, look, Tony Esposito is the best goalie in franchise history. There's not really much argument there, but you can put Crawford up against pretty much anybody else in the franchise's history and have a pretty solid argument. So um, I think 50 is going to be up there someday. And I, I don't know if they're just going to do these like <laughs> all at once. <laughs> like, yeah. You well, know, Taze, Kane, Crawford, you know, Keith's got to go up there for sure. Sure. You yep. can make an argument for Seabrook. You can make an argument for Hosa. You can make an argument for Sharp. Like there's, and that's that's a discussion for another day. But yep. there's so many numbers that can go up from this dynasty. Um, but but sort of the way I see it is, you do it for you or you retire the numbers of the guys who you home grew. So Taves, Kane, Keith, Seabrook, Crawford. That that to me makes the most sense. But anyway, Jay's that's was- a conversation for another day. <laughs> no, I, I, I get exactly what you're saying. Jay Zawoski is our guest. Uh, he is our score Blackhawks insider, executive producer for the uh, Bernstein Rahimi show. You find him on Twitter at Jay Zawoski 670. And that's kind of what I think of this as. And this is we will get back to Bears uh, at the top of the hour. A quick Bears, uh, uh, Bears. Uh, a discussion of Corey Crawford's legacy here in town with the Blackhawks as Crow announced his retirement yesterday. Um, 
I think you hit it on the head because I think this era, you know, whatever you want to call it, 2008 through, you know, whenever you want to, you know, cap that. And, and I know uh, it certainly looks like uh, the Hawks are, are heading towards the old uh, reshuffling or rebuilding or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yes. But the dynasty, you called it right. The Blackhawks dynasty, you know, this group, the guys you just rattled off will be remembered, uh, including Corey Crawford. Kind of like the Hawks version of the 85 Bears, right? And, you know, hopefully it does not take the Blackhawks that long to get back to championship contention and to get back to winning Stanley Cup titles. But absent that, I mean, this is going to be the glory days of the Blackhawks. And I think you're right. I think a lot of these numbers, including Crows, winds up up in the rafters. Well, look, you have your entire history of the Blackhawks before 2010, uh, equaling three Stanley Cups. So 1926 to 2010, they won, or to tw- tw- 2009, they won three. And then from 2010 to 2015, they won three more. So yes, that is, I mean, by the very definition, the glory days. Now, the, the difference is, I think just in this era of sports, things are not as mysterious as they were back then, right? Like a lot of stuff was word of mouth. A lot of stuff was legend. So a lot of these feats we hear about these old players they grow over time and they become more like, well, Bobby Hole shot a puck through three boards and you know, killed, a, right. killed an Andy Franish. <laughs> like these things just become these legends grow over time, and that's why some of these these names are like, well, you know, I could hear there's probably a, a certain generation in their car listening, like, oh, there's no way Corey Crawford's better than Glenn Hall. Well, maybe there is, right? Like, yeah, he played without a mask and all those things, but look at the numbers, look at the accomplishments, they're right there together. So. Um, it's it's going to be tough for those guys to kind of overcome the the ghosts of the you know I, it's probably a bad word with the recent passing of Stan Mikita, but you know what I mean like sure. the specter of these legends yep. hanging over their heads that are so beloved and they're so legendary. But maybe in twenty thirty years that these guys will be just as legendary to our grandkids. Well, I think they will, and I, and I don't think you can undersell the and now not now you are not in this group, but a lot of our listeners and I would put myself in this group too. The Hawks had struggled for years leading up to this run, right? So this really this group really sucked a lot of people back into the Blackhawks fold, and certainly any kids who grew up during this era. I know my nephew is a perfect example. He's 18 years old. What sports did he grow up playing? Only hockey. Why? In part because the Blackhawks were dominating at the time and he loves hockey. And, you know, this was a a whole new thing for uh, a lot of Chicagoans in terms of uh, interest in the Blackhawks and certainly this group and certainly Corey Crawford, uh, a huge part of that. As we let you go, Jay, and you look back at Crow's career now that it's, you know, he's called it a career outside of the consistency. What what would you put down? what, What stands out in your mind as as? Crow's greatest accomplishment with the Blackhawks. I mean, the Cubs go without saying, but where do you see him as having peaked here with the Hawks? I think it's just the stability he provided. You know, it was just you knew that every night you had a guy you can trust back there and was going to give you a chance to win every night. And and that that having that for as long as they did is part of what allowed the Hawks to be as great as they were because it gave defensemen the confidence to say, you know what, I'm going to take a chance here. And if I and if something goes wrong. Corey's going to bail me out. Corey's going to have my back, right? There's so much value to that. And if if teams don't trust their goalies, you're going to have defensemen thinking twice, like, "Mm, maybe, you know, I I could go to for the scoring chance, but if, if if for whatever reason I get caught up ice, we're screwed. Like, there's no way, you know, goalie X is going to be able to stop the puck. And I think we might get a very clear indication of that this season with the Blackhawks goaltending situation as it is with just three total question marks uh, competing for the starting job. So um, I think that having that stability cannot be uh, oversold because those guys know, you know, Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, Oduya and Jalmerson and all those guys knew that, look, if if something goes bad, I've got this guy behind me and it's probably going to be okay. Yep. No. And, and, you know, certainly beloved by Blackhawks fans uh, and by his teammates, uh, we certainly wish Corey Crawford well in retirement. And I certainly hope uh, we'll be hearing more from him uh, as this uh, kind of quiets down, you know, the news of his retirement and everything. So, Jay, Absolutely. thank you for jumping on. We appreciate you. And uh, we'll be hearing from you uh, during the week, during the show. All right. Thanks, Espo. Jay Zawoski.
at jayzawaski670 on Twitter, score Blackhawks insider and uh, executive producer for the Bernstein and Rahimi show. Uh, yeah, so there's our little, our little tribute, our little Corey Crawford legacy discussion, uh, as he calls it a career yesterday. Back to Bears, though. Jay mentioned Bears. I mentioned Bears. Mark Grody will definitely give us some Bears next. As we break down Bears and Saints, kickoff at 340. Uh, I have you until noon. We have the Bet Rivers Bears pregame show presented by MailMedChicago.com coming up at noon. That's Hub, Patrick Manley, Olin Krutz. We are Bears all the way till kickoff here. Bulls at 245, Bulls and Clippers, and then we'll have all Bears after Bulls postgame. You have Mike Esposito right here on 670, the score. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.